At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson filling in for Patrick Maher. He's only on vacation a few more days. He'll be back next week. Uh, we're excited to, uh, to showcase Patrick's new setup there next week when we return on the uh, Lombardi line. But Michael Lombardi is here as always. Michael, all 32 teams at this point now, training camp opening. So here we go. Like, wh- what a time this is. Patrick's going to be back in a few days. Training camp's open. I know you've, you've got to be loving life right now there, my friend. Yeah, I mean, this is always the best part of the season. You know, kind of everybody's undefeated. Everybody has Super Bowl hopes. Everybody thinks they're going to get better. And, you know, we we can stop talking and we can start witnessing. You know, I think we can see that, you know, what happened in the offseason who made decisions that were good, who made decisions that were poor, and we get to watch and we get to learn a lot about these teams as we move forward and hopefully allow people to – have a better opportunity on a weekly basis to make good good selections and then overall in the contest which you know there's so many great contests out there that uh see if you can come away and win they're no, hard no but they're also great can't wait for, yes that that part of the uh, the mental handicapping as well something we have been waiting for to get back to since basically yeah, last end of december early january and today speaking of some of the contests and picks will hill is going to join us he's got some week one plays already which is pretty i mean i can't even get my mind wrapped around that michael somebody's already got week one plays and will hill has them he's joining the show here this Hour and then Mo Egger. We talked I mean, all things AFC Will, North last Will's week. Will's got Will's got Will's got. If two cockroaches were racing across the field, <laughs> Will's got odds, and he's ready That's to true. play both those. So he can't help himself. Yeah, I, we, that, he's that all true. ready to go. 
He will join the show at 12.45 Eastern. Will Hill, our VEASAN contributor from Point Spread Weekly. And then Mo Egger, we talked AFC North yesterday, but Mo is going to give us his takes. Uh, he covers the Cincinnati Bengals there for ESPN uh, Radio in Cincinnati. Mo joins the show at 1.30 on the East Coast. It is funny how now that we're getting, as you pointed out, Mike, we're getting now into more of the, the film study portion here. We're actually going to see what these teams look like. A lot of the contract stuff is starting to kind of go by the wayside. However, there are still some straggling players and pieces that are going to be fascinating for us to break down of which the most notable one comes out yesterday. At least we find out some of the addendums here to the Kyler Murray contract. Want to get your thoughts on this because I, I know, I'm, I'm sure oh. for the casual NFL fan, right, they look at this and, and everybody was making a big deal yesterday of the, oh, Kyler Murray, he's got an additional uh, four hours of independent study per game week. Can you first just, can you help us figure out, Michael, what that actually means here? Because I'm sure a lot of people were trying to equate this to like, what, is this like a guy pledging a fraternity and he's, he's got to go to required study hours? Like what's actually going on here? Well, when you read the language in the contract, right, so what they're basically saying is they can void this entire contract. They can void the deal if he doesn't comply. So the issue isn't really about uh, about anything other than they are have to incentivize Kyler Murray to work hard, okay? that That's essentially what they're doing. They have decided that they've tried to talk him into it. You know, remember two years ago, he, there was a New York Times article about – uh, you know, they kind of broke down Murray, and he talked about, you know, he said, I, I think I'm blessed, and I'm quoting here, I think I'm blessed with cognitive skills to just go out there and see what happens, Murray said. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. I don't sit there for 24 hours, break down this team and that team, and watch every game, because in my head, I see so much. So clearly, it's been a problem. Like, they've been trying to get him. There's a disconnect with this kid between his teammates and his team. And what the Cardinals did is they tried to incentivize him to work harder. Now, if you listen or do any studies, and I write about this on The Daily Coach, we write mm -hmm. about it on The Daily Coach, is incentives never really work. They divide the team. Because when players have certain incentives in their contract not attached to winning, then they become independent contractors and they, all they care about is making their money. And it's impossible to develop a culture within that framework. So to me, this is just more evidence on why you shouldn't have given them this contract. Like, this is really bad. You know, Jeff Van Gundy once said, Ben, your best player must set the tone of intolerance for anything that gets in the way of winning. When you reward your best player who doesn't work hard, who isn't all in with this contract, I think it says an awful lot. And frankly, I think this whole Arizona Cardinals organization reminds me a lot of Entourage. I mean, it's just four guys kind of having a good time, all working together. You know, Vinny is, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. You got all these other guys. You saw the show Entourage, mm -hmm. right? To me, it re the, the, they remind me of they're just hanging out. Like, does anybody have any sense of adulthood here? So not that far off from my fraternity comparison, then, clearly, if, if you're going with, with the Entourage reference. The one, and the dichotomy here is if, if you're thinking of this and you say, okay, they just gave him a $230.5 million contract contract if you are even in a position where you would need to write something like this why would that amount even be on the table in the first place isn't that kind of the natural follow-up thought that we would all all have there to the Kyler situation yeah I mean that's that was my if you got to write it in right if you got if you're Steve Kime and, and you're basically you're you're playing the it's the problem with the Cardinals front office is they don't have a Murray they don't have an Eric in the group right they got a Johnny drama you know that, that, that probably would be kind they got Cliff Kingsbury who would be Vinny right you know they got the owner who would be turtle right so they got they got all the parts right 
So they got them all working together. And the reality of it is, is there's no, there's no Eric to kind of organize everybody and say, hey, here's the deal. Like, like, where's the voice of reason? If we have to give this guy and we have to put this in writing, like, what does that tell our team? What does that tell our team? Like, how do you stand in front of the team and say, we want everybody to work hard? Well, you didn't put it in my contract to work hard. Yeah. Like, like, why does he have it that, why, you know, like, where, really? Are you serious? And you say, well, they have all the leverage because they can, they can say to the players, if he doesn't work hard, we're out of the contract. He's not going to work hard. Incentives don't change players' behaviors. It only does it temporary. And this isn't just in sports. This is in business. Like, it doesn't change people's behavior. We could bring on James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, and he could tell you that there's no way. I mean, how many people have been incentivized to lose weight? I'll tell you a great story. When I worked for the 49ers, Bubba Paris, we incentivized him to lose weight, right? This is before the cap, so we weren't doing anything illegal. Mm -hmm. So Bill Walsh bought this giant big screen TV. This is 1984. There was no such thing as big screen TVs in 84, right? This huge television, right? And we told Bubba, Bill told Bubba, if you lose 35 pounds, the TV's yours, okay? And Lombardi, you got to go to every meal with Bubba and watch him eat. Okay, no problem. So breakfast, I'm with Bubba. Lunch, I'm with Bubba. Dinner, I'm with Bubba, right? A week goes by, Bubba doesn't lose any weight. Doesn't lose the weight. So now I'm getting blamed for Bubba not losing weight. I'm getting blamed. Are you, are you letting him eat more than he should? I, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm writing down everything he eats <laughs> down, to the, down to the crumbs, right? Okay. Now another week goes by. Bubba gains two pounds. Like, how is this possible? Well, it, the frustrations runs into the Rockland Times newspaper, 1984, no internet. And so one day, this little Italian guy shows up at the, at the offices and says, I think I can solve your problem. It's going to hurt my business, but I could solve your problem. What's that? Well, Bubba comes in every night for two pies. I didn't know that. You know, I wasn't going with him. He's eating two pizza pies. And he's got this huge television that's waiting for him. It never worked. So, like, how is it going to work with Murray? You think he's going to all of a sudden, after I read you that quote that he said to the New York Times, yeah. he doesn't think he has a problem. That's so wild. I, from 1984, even, even now, some things clearly, as you're saying, Michael, do not change. You also never mentioned uh, Ari at all in the entourage. Well, you got to have an Ari. They don't have an Ari. Well. Come on. You need I, an I don't Ari. see an Ari. I, I have it cast down to, I think, Bidwell's Turtle. Okay. I definitely think Kimes Johnny Drama. Uh, oh, I yeah. definitely think Cliff Kingsbury is, is, is Vinny. There's no doubt. He's the handsome guy in the lot. I just haven't been able to find an Ari because it makes no sense. Like, this is your best player. And you've got to do this? Like, seriously. Yeah. How do you even go about enforcing something like that? I mean, and, and you, because you talk about how, like, they had you sitting in the room, you're oh. monitoring it. Like, how does this, how is this in a, you know, in a true realistic sense, logistically actually going to work here? Well, what they're going to do is just they're going to make sure that he watches. Look, a lot of teams do this in a funny way. I know there was one prominent player who was traded, who was notoriously never watched the tape. So teams would literally either put cartoons, they would put, put different things in the tape to see if the player would watch them. Because if he watched them, he'd come back and say, man, why are you putting cartoons in there? Or why are you putting something else in there? And, of course, the player never did, but he said he watched the tape. Now they can probably put spyware on the, on the iPad to know how much he's actively using the, the thing. But it's not – if he's just because he's using it doesn't mean he's you doing it. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. Like, he doesn't want to do it, and I don't care how much you put into it. 
Like, just say, you know, that who takes over the team, the next contract. I mean, if Bill, if Belichick walked out there and said, are you kidding me? We got this, this guy. Like, he's supposed to be our leader. He's supposed to be the guy who drives the other players. And we got a mandate that he works hard? Are you kidding me? And we rewarded him with $230 million? What about the guys that work hard? What do they feel like? Just amazing. And I, and I love that this is, this is the kind of the direction we go because we're talking, we're talking entourage. We're talking Michael's 19, mid-1980s war stories over here, all for, for one Kyler Murray. I can't help but think about what you wrote, to, I believe, today, right, in the Daily Coach. You were talking about uh, Nick Saban and some of his, like his general uh, life, uh, you know, his life strategies and how he keeps himself so grounded off the field. It's kind of helped him, help, help, help him stay sharp as a head coach, and yet the complete polar opposite, it would appear as though, and again, it's kind of unfair to, when you're comparing a guy to a great coach like a Nick Saban, but would I mean you're no. probably kind of going down that it, path though with, with your, what you're talking about with Murray. It, it's to not him. unfair. It's not unfair. If you're if you're an achiever, if you have the long-term goals and you're an achiever, you 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 live by they they're not work habits. They're part of your life. They're part of your life. They're the fabric of who you are. You don't turn those off and on. Cannot turn it off enough. I think that is that is a great way to uh, at least look. This discussion we could probably have the entire show because it, it, there's so many elements here that fascinate me. But we do have other stuff we should probably talk about at some point. Either way, Kyler Murray, the uh, this will go down in infamy. I would have to think the independent study clause in, in the uh, contract. We'll see if this incentive actually works. As Michael says, we, we kind of doubt it there. Uh, we still have the NFC South to discuss today, Michael, and some other news and notes from around, around the NFL. A couple of big extensions in Green Bay. Want to get Michael's thoughts on those. One offensive lineman signing again for the Chicago Bears that is being reported. But we'll start our breakdowns of the NFC South. It is NFC South Day today on the Lombardi Line. We're just getting started. First of two hours right here on v the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? 
I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside Michael Lombardi at M. Lombardi NFL is where you follow Michael. I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook studio in Las Vegas. Matt Santos, our outstanding producer behind the glass here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It is NFC South Day for us today, Michael. And as we start with the general overview of this division, just feels like so much general change and, uh, and, and overtures. You look at this division where you've got a couple of new head coaches, a team with a, a whole mess at a quarterback situation in Carolina where they now have brought in Baker Mayfield to potentially alleviate some of those issues and an Atlanta team that would appear to be in complete rebuilding mode. This is also probably the one division, Michael, where you have the heaviest favorite here with a Tampa Bay, uh, an over $3 favorite at BetMGM, minus 305. So from top to bottom, in a division like this where so much change is on the horizon, how do you expect things in general uh, to play out? And, and is it as simple as just a, a one-horse race there with Tampa, an unstoppable uh, top team there? Well, I, I mean, obviously it all comes down to the quarterback. I mean, Tampa's the only one with an established quarterback. New Orleans is in transition. New coach, new quarterback. Atlanta, new quarterback. You know, same coach. Carolina, possibly a new quarterback, same coach. So it's all transitional right now, and I think that's why it's so up and down. And we really don't know where New Orleans is going to end up with Winston. Is he going to change his turnover behavior or is he going to become like he was in the first seven games of the season where he actually played fairly well? I think that remains to be seen. But the stability, and even though Tampa will go through a coaching change, the stability of quarterback certainly gives them the odds, and that's why they're minus three, mm-hmm. 305 to win the division uh, in the South because they, they have continuity, they have an established quarterback, and there's no question marks about them other than when you turn that bet in, the only concern you have is you think, oh, my, if Brady gets hurt, I'm in trouble because Blaine Gabber can't do the job. Mm-hmm. 
you think about too, it, it's uh, that guy named Tom Brady, who we've certainly heard of. He, he's, the, he's the guy who's that in the quarterback room to He doesn't away. need, it's amazing though, Tom Brady doesn't need clauses in his contract to <laughs> yeah. watch tape. Funny how that works. And right? you know what's amazing about Brady that and I don't want to pick on Kyler Murray, but I really want to pick on Kyler Murray. But like, it's amazing that Brady's got these six, seven, he's got seven rings. And when he prepares for the opening game against Dallas, he will study for that tape as if he's never played Dallas before. Because you know why? That's what great players do. Mm-hmm. That's what great players do. They prepare as if they've never played the game before. Meanwhile, some guys think that it's just it's in my head. I mean, I love all the Twitter people are going when they, you know, they, they've put all these different analogies when Kyler plays the Bears or all that with the video games because that's what he thinks he's doing. Brady works at it, which is why they're the favorite. And you think about as well, even though, as, as you pointed out, new head coach, there is some regime changes there in Tampa Bay. At the end of the day, it all comes back down to one Tom Brady. Having, having said all that, clearly you would have had to think, right? I mean, Bulls being, Todd Bulls being named the head coach, who has experience at least from, from his time in the Jets, had to have passed the test of, of one Tom Brady if they were going to force out Bruce Arians and have, and have Bulls now assemble that role. What do, you, what do you think in general, though, now that he is back in a position like that? It was a much different situation in New York, and it did not go well there for Bulls. But I, I would imagine this is certainly a much better personnel situation for him to be in, and given the success he's had as a defensive coordinator there. Well, I, I think it's the perfect transition for Bowles because when you look back, and, and I think you have to be honest with yourself, like what went wrong with the Jets? Well, you know, Todd did not have a very good general manager. I mean, that's just fact. He had a guy that was a college scout that had never been really involved with the pro game, didn't understand the pro game, so they were never joined at the hip. So that's a problem. And then he could never solve the offensive coordinator. He hired Johnny Morton to be his offense coordinator. Then the front office wanted him to change, and they brought in Jeremy Bates, and that didn't work. And so they never got that fixed. And so as Todd sits here today, as he reflects back on it, he's got those two positions fixed. He's got a really good quarterback in Tom, in Tom Brady. He's got left which to run the offense that Brady wants to run, so that's comfortable. And he's got a general manager in Jason Light that has built a good team. So it's like he solved his issues. And so now he can really focus on what the job entails. That's the biggest challenge most coaches has. They don't understand what the job is. Right. You know, they think it's something else. Oh, I got to get involved in personnel. I got to get involved here. I got No, the job is co- he's going to coach the defense. And he's going to make the defense as good as they are. It's going to be hard to run the ball on them. You're going to have to throw to beat them, and you're going to have to handle all his blitz pressure stuff if you can when you start throwing the football. And it's funny how it goes 24 and 40 over that 2015 to 18 stretch there in New York. And you compare that position to a fellow guy who's been a coach before now getting another chance and who has been a defensive coordinator as well in that same franchise in Dennis Allen for New Orleans. I'd, I'd have to imagine, though, the juxtaposition of those two guys awfully different if you're comparing what Bulls is walking into to what Allen is walking into, even though you can make a lot of comps, right, for those two coaches and their specific paths to where they've gotten to this point. Well, if they were curious, if they don't, in the interview, if they didn't come in and say, hey, here's where I screwed up, you know, like, we all have to be honest about our experiences. Like, where did you screw up? Where did I screw up when you had a chance to really run a team? You know, where did the, the mistakes? The mistakes are the only chance you have to get better in the National Football League. And you've got to learn from somebody else's mistakes as well, because if you just learn from yours, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the key. And I think when Dennis, you talk to Dennis Allen, you know, he took over a team. Reggie McKenzie was the general manager. And they 
were paying for Al Davis's sins with the cap, right? They were paying for a lot of years of not drafting well, of kind of the, the, the end of Al's career as he's tried to chase immortality instead of wins. And I think that, that, that they paid a price. And I think Dennis Allen has to learn from that. And I think now with some stability, he's got Mickey Loomis in the front office. He's got, he's got uh, uh, Jeff Ireland to run the personnel, which he does a really good job for him. And then offensively, he's got the, the system that's already been in place. So he, Pete Carmichael doesn't have to change anything. They've got to modify mm-hmm. it. So he can, again, focus on what his strengths are, which is coaching defense. And I think that'll certainly help him. Yeah, and look for a guy who goes eight and twenty-eight in, in two two years and a few games there in Oakland before he being took tired. over you an expansion yeah, team. Though Ben, yeah, I mean that was like that, on him. that was like an expansion team he took over out there. They were so bad in the cap, you know. They made so many bad decisions, starting with with uh, the quarterback and Jamarcus Russell and all those things. So yeah, it's hard to really blame him for that. I look totally get it, and that was look going into a 2014. That was Derek Carr's rookie year. You were throwing. I mean, you were you were just grasping at straws in the couple of years before that. A couple of four and twelve seasons, then the zero and four to start Carr's rookie year, and he gets canned. But it is funny how so you have Bucks, Bucks, Saints one two at least in the divisional odds right now. Bucks eleven and a half on the win total. Saints at eight and a half. Two coaches with very at least in a to- true coaching sense from the head position. Similar paths. Meanwhile, you flip it to the bottom of the division here, Michael. And if we're just looking and on this general glance of the division at what these coaching and overall general manager front office situations are looking like, you go to Carolina where you have Matt Rule now into a third season that everybody certainly appears to be thinking on the outside is a make-or-break year for him. What do you make of, of what they have tried to do in the offseason now when you, when you assess what Rule has tried to do and at least making moves at the quarterback position to give himself a chance to have some success here in 22? Well, I, I think the first thing he did was I think he improved his coaching staff, right? I think that was the number one thing. I think I saw oftentimes, and I'm not saying this because my son is the, is on the staff. I, I mean, I love Matt Rule. I'm friends with Matt Rule. Uh, I think the world of Matt Rule. So there's part of me that I want full disclosure here as I evaluate mm-hmm. the Panthers. But I think ultimately whenever a new coach takes over, and I learned this with Coach Belichick in 1991, your first coaching staff is never quite what you want it to be. And it's because you're restricted by rules. You kind of think somebody will solve the problem. You really don't understand what you need when you take over the team and specifically what you have to have. And I think year three, as he embarks on that, I think Matt Rule has a coaching staff. And he talked about this yesterday at his press conference. He has a coaching staff I think he feels more comfortable with. He's got a a former head coach in Ben McAdoo to run the offense that understands what he wants to do. He's not running Ben's offense. He's running Rule's offense through Ben. Beautiful. He's got a better offensive line coach than James Campen, who's somebody that he can rely on to build some toughness that, is, that identifies the game with him. And then he's got the ability to have competition at the most important position. As I've said all along here now, Carolina's not a 5-12 and 12 team mm-hmm. in terms of their talent level. I mean, they've got three corners on their team that can – I mean, Jackson and J.C. Horn, if they stay healthy and if C.J. Henderson gives them anything, they're, they're not bad. Chin's a really good safety. They've got some good defensive linemen. I mean, Burns was sensational. Derek Brown, if he's in shape, can be really good. Matt Ioannidis, from, from, who had played with Matt at Temple, was a good player at Washington at one time. They got ta- – this isn't a team that's just devoid. So I think with the quarterback situation, the competition, and if McCaffrey can stay healthy – that's a big if because he's only played yep. 10 games in two years. They've got a chance to turn this around and show progress. 
and show, yeah, we're building onto something. And as you said at the top of the segment, it, it all comes down to the quarterback play in general. And this was a group where you look at the stats, worst quarterback room last year in the National Football League. What will they get this year out of either the Baker Mayfield or the Sam Darnold or who, who even knows if they end up with Matt Corral at some point? That would probably be option. Well, well, option C there for Carolina. Either way, very fascinating situation there for the Panthers. We'll still talk about the Falcons and get into all these teams on a little more individual scale a little bit later in the show here. But up next, we get into some of our NFL news and notes for the day. A couple of coaching extensions in Green Bay. We also look at NFL Coach of the Year odds. That is next on Lombardi Line. The VEASAN football betting guides are coming soon, and there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player rewards. Reserve your copy of the football betting guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We welcome you back in. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson from Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi with us as always always here on the show. Uh, Michael, some news and notes here from around the National Football League before we get back into the NFC South. Wanted to get your take on the extensions coming out of Green Bay, where, again, as we as we saw reported from ESPN's Rob Domofsky, these were agreed to a few months ago. They just come out now, though, where uh, head coach Matt LaFleur, after three consecutive NFC North titles, he gets an extension, as well as Brian Gutekunst, the GM. I uh, want to get your take first on, on Gutekunst from the GM perspective, a guy who was basically an area scout for the Packers since the uh, the late 90s, early 2000s under Ted Thompson, just makes a steady rise up through that front office. Uh, what have you made of the job he's done so far there since since uh, 2018? And I'd imagine you probably think this, uh, this extension is somewhat warranted, right? Well, I think he's done, you know, the best job under the situation. You know, the guy that runs the team there is Mark Murphy. I mean, the president of the team. He he splintered the 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 the, the power of command in Green Bay. It used to always be held by the general manager. The general manager worked for the coach. And once he came in charge, he splintered that. Now everybody reports to the president. So, you know, to me, this is uh, when you do that, this is kind of a reinforcement to Murphy that he's doing a good thing. Like this mm -hmm. is to me, these extensions are about Murphy saying I'm doing good. Yeah, because imagine what, what what would LaFleur have gotten if he had special teams weren't the worst special teams in football last year. I mean, you know, I, I think LaFleur's won a lot of games and he certainly doesn't need to get fired, but he needs to improve. I mean, the last two playoff games that he's coached, he has not been very good at home on Lambeau Field. And so, you know, you could say, well, they've got deficiencies with their personnel. And, and some, sometimes they do, especially in the offensive line. But the reality of it is here, I think this is more of a statement towards Mark Murphy saying, I'm yeah. doing great. Everybody, everybody joins in with me. And they, they extended as well their executive VP, Russ Ball, who is kind of, kind of part of that uh, holy trinity, I guess, if, if you will, uh, among guys who at least have some influence. But as you point out, Michael, it's yes, the way things have changed, it is not the overarching final say on any of the personnel decisions. Uh, if, if you're looking at what, what LaFleur has done so far, look, when you go, when you win 13 games each of your first three seasons, 39 and 10 so far, is it, is it play calling or game management that you're looking for improvements on, on LaFleur, or is, it, or is it a combination of things there in year number four? Well, I think it's being a head coach, right? Like, I mean, your special teams are a joke, and they're a joke all through the season. But you don't fix them. You know, you don't really fix it. You never really step in and say, okay, here's what we're going to change. Here's what we got to do. You wait to the end of the year when it's too late, you fire the special teams coach and you hire a new one. You know, to me, I want to see him become a head coach. I want to see him be able to run the team. You know, I mean, he's got the best quarterback in all of football. 
you know, God doesn't turn the ball over at all. So, you know, there's, there's a formula to win games when he does it, when you do that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, look, most games in the national football league are lost, not one because the other team turns it over. They have the best guy that doesn't turn it over. And I think he's got to be able to identify problems and fix them. He's got to be able to go tell Joe Barry, his defense coordinator. Hey, you know, I know teams didn't run the ball that much on us, but when they did, we were one of the worst teams in the league in yards per attempt allowed rushing. We got to fix that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, you know, teams didn't try to throw the ball in the, you know, they didn't really make a lot of plays in the passing game, but we still gave up the wor- one of the worst touchdown percentages when we got into the red zone. So, like, I want to see that. I want to see them become better at situational football. They were 23rd in the league on third down defense last year. They were 30th in the league in red zone percentage on defense. Like, they were 19th in the red zone on offense with, with the best quarterback. Like, I want to see that. I want to be able to see that improve. You think about at least what they tried to do, special teams. Rich Bisaccia. For, former Raider interim coach. But He's there not, in Green Bay now. Yeah, but it's not like – see, you got to understand that the, these guys that are brought up in the West Coast scheme, they, they view special teams as just give me clean exchanges. Like, mm-hmm. I just want the ball back. You know, they don't really understand the significance behind it. They're not willing to dedicate time and energy at practice to really, really get it. They just want it like they, they and they don't want to put any player on the special teams that could make a difference. They, you know, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, they kind of think, well, you know, field position really doesn't matter, you know, and 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 to a degree, it probably doesn't, you know, you know, it probably doesn't matter. But you know, they they did. But last year, what's interesting is they started, they were fifth in the league in their starting field position, they were eighth in the league in their starting defensive field position, and yet they couldn't execute simple things. If they got better there, could they have gotten over the hump? Maybe. How about if they could have handled some of San Francisco's pressure? Maybe. You know, to me, I think I'm looking as much for LaFleur to have better in-game adjustments. Remember, the National Football League, when you're playing in the playoffs, the first quarter is all about the assessment of the game. Did we practice the right things? Are we doing the right things here? The second and the third quarter are all about adjustments. The fourth quarter stands alone. That's such a great point, too, just on on how – these coaches and teams prioritize things like special teams. And if you go through the Packers, outside of having Mason Crosby, who's been a very, very solid, reliable kicker for them since 2006 now, basic, you know, you think about the longevity for him over 15 years. But they gave, basically gave away John Ryan when he was one of the best punters in the game to Seattle. They really, I mean, outside of a, a Randall Cobb's rookie year, the last time they've really used like a, a true impact guy on their special teams, you go back to like a Basil Mitchell, Roel Preston. I mean, that, those are the only two guys I get. Alan Rossum since. Desmond Howard it's just never been a priority so I that, and that makes a lot of sense when you think about how do you swing games we'll see if it works with Rich Bisaccia this year I mean he, he is right one of the considered one of the top five coordinators though wouldn't you say on, on Bisaccia's end you know, you know but but he's only at the mercy of how his talent is on the back end right you know like if a, your special teams coach isn't bitching about I want better players then he's not a good special teams coach they, he's got to be the encyclopedia sale he's got to knock on the door every day and say I got to get better you know mm-hmm. and and that's where it's got to show up. And he's got to be able to get them dressed to the game, right? Like most of these guys in the West Coast offense, you know, they want to carry six or seven receivers into the game, but none of them play special teams. Like, wait a minute. How, how are we going to get better in the kicking game if none of these guys are dressing, but they don't play in the kicking game? Like right. the fans don't see that. They don't ever see that element of it. You know, they don't see how that impacts the game. You know, oh, I got to have, you know, a Gruden. I got to have eight special teams. I got to have eight receivers at the game or seven. You know, we'll carry the seven. But the guy don't play in the – or if he does, he's horrible. That just affects – it's how you affect the kicking game. 
no doubt. Hey, look, it, I get, I get att- at least watching Packer games my entire life. I can attest. <laughs> it, is bro- it is broken down so, so many times. But it doesn't and, get fixed. Like, you're, you're right. It don't hasn't. you see a, don't you see the coach's job is okay? I the problems are here. We're going to fix them. We're not going to wait until the off season to fix them. I got to fix them now. Yep. But Lafleur's not really a head coach. I mean, Lafleur's an offensive play caller, and he subcontracts all this other stuff out. And that's why when you go into a playoff game and you can't score any points, I mean, thirteen to 10, they scored ten points. They gained. They couldn't move the football. I mean, this is two years in a row now. They've gone into a playoff game and have struggled. I mean, they got way behind against Tampa Bay, you know, and Tampa, they made a rally, but they couldn't finish it off. You know, to me, it's just two years in a row, you lose at home in a playoff game, and you turn the ball over as they did. To me, there's, it's more about planning. It's more about strategy than anything else. At least for me, Michael, you're, look, you're preaching to the choir. It's been a, as Packer fans will tell you, it has been a, just a, a disastrous part of that, of that team for years and years and years. We'll see if it improves this year. Uh, LaFleur, he's, you're not going to see him on the first page of the Coach of the Year odds board, though, this year, uh, partly because you've got a lot of the rookie head coaches on there. Brian Dable, seeing Dan Campbell, uh, the co-favorites right now at 12-1. to 1. Five of the last 11 years, there has been a first-year head coach who has won this, so it's, it's kind of been 50-50, essentially. But the, the fact that uh, Dan Campbell, he's your, your co-favorite there, Michael, certainly leads me to believe we've seen all this buzz on Detroit, a team that has made a lot of improvements in their personnel in the offseason. Are you, are you buying this buzz here into, into Dan Campbell specifically with how his odds have been reflected there in, in the market at 12-1? to 1? You know, I thought, the, I thought the Lions improved over the season. I thought they played hard for the guy. I thought they got better. I thought he got better as a coach as the year went on when he took away the play calling from Anthony Lynn. And so, you know, I mean, look, they're 3-13. and 13. If he goes 7-10, and if he goes seven and 10, does that get him coach of the year? I don't think so. Like, I don't see how that happens. Like, I really don't. I don't unless you make the playoffs or you significantly – like, to me, Mike McDaniel, if all of a sudden he turns Tua around – you know, it's kind of interesting. Mike Sando did this report on quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks, and he talked to all these, all these coaches and executives mm-hmm. in the league, and Tua ended up 26th, right? Now, outside of that, Tua's great. Everybody in the, in the PR, you know, you guys pick on Tua too much. Everybody who knows anything about football doesn't see Tua the way the fans do. So if Mike McDaniels just goes in there and he wins and makes the playoffs with Tua quarterback, I'd vote for him for coach of the year. I get, I get it. You know, and so, yeah, for sure. And that's why with Dan Campbell. I mean, Campbell, I see those you know. if, if we put that, whereas I don't see Dan Campbell making the playoffs. I mean, if, if, the, if the Raiders win and advance to the playoffs in that division at 16 to 1, or Brendan Staley at 16 to 1, I, I think those are pretty good odds. Or Doug Peterson, all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they go from worst to first in the South. I don't think they will, but to me, that's what I would look for. To me, you got to say, is this guy going to make us a playoff team? I totally get it. And that's why you have to do the exercise here because the last coach who won coach of the year who did not win at least 10 games, if we're not counting Bruce Arians who went nine and three as the interim there for Chuck Logano in 2012 for the Colts, last coach to do that win without winning 10 games, Michael, Jimmy Johnson in 1990 went seven and nine with the Cowboys. Yeah. But weren't they what? One in 15 the year before, I think. They were so, one in 15. Yeah. yeah. That's the only, that's the last time it's happened. 1990. I wasn't even born in 1990. So that, that, let's keep, you know, consider that. Thanks, when you think about Thanks it. for making me Sorry, feel Sorry, I didn't old, mean to do you, that. Ben. I just Appreciate had to throw you. it out there. Will Hill, he joined us next. He's got some plays and some week one plays as well next on the Lombardi line.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. 
New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offers not available in Nevada or New York. Fun first hour of the show so far on the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back. We're presented by BetMGM and Will Hill joins us now. You hear him on the New York City cast presented by Bet Rivers. You see him in Point Spread Weekly. Oh, he shaved the beard. Will, you shaved it, man. What what uh, what gives on the shave? That looks looks good. Looks fresh, but I was kind of hoping to see the Irishman look there today. It's amazing how much attention my facial hair gets. It's uh, it's great content, I'm sure, for the listeners. It's been very warm on the East Coast, as okay. Lombardi knows. We've had some 9,500 degree days, uh, as Philly Atardo says, Michael. How about this humidity? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, on the beach, I hate to give you this bad news, Will. It hasn't Uh-oh. really been that hot. Uh-oh. I mean, it's been – we've had, like, summer breezes, which have been incredible. And, and so uh, – you know, when I was when I was younger, it was always the case that no, not many people had air conditioning on the Jersey Shore because of the, it was so nice at night. But you know, now that's changed. But now this summer, it's more reminiscent of the older days, actually. Yeah. Well, you are right in that the, the listeners cannot tell that your facial hair has changed. But for those watching, yes, we'll we'll go in with a clean look here. Do you have any take on the on the coach of the year situation? We were just talking about that last segment. Any any oh, thoughts you have there? He's got a lot of takes. Ben, Ben, don't ask Will Hill if he has takes. He's he got has takes. <laughs> everything you can go from television to you know i mean anything he's got to take right, on well, it there's what's no your, doubt what's your hottest coach of the year take then i love coach of the year because i think you can narrow it down it's usually a guy that missed the playoffs the year before and then makes it you know it's hard to, to win it i know Vrabel did it winning you know making the playoffs two years in a row but usually it's an upstart team it's a team that overachieves you got to make the playoffs to win the award uh, they tend to give it to newer coaches younger coaches McVay won it matt Nagy, believe it or not won it um, so I think O'Connor Matt Nagy won it his first year. One. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Well, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy won it his first year. He's twelve and four. I wonder where that trophy is now. But I mean, he won it <laughs> his first year. Yeah, no doubt. So if you're looking for a team that's going to overachieve and you can, you know, surprise getting into the playoffs, I think O'Connell. Usually, you improve by two or three wins if you're going to, you know, get this award. O'Connell, could he win it if Minnesota improves and wins 10 or 11 games in kind of a doable division if Green Bay takes a step back? Uh, that's one guy I'm looking at. I, I had um. Adam Chernoff on my podcast a couple weeks ago, he actually really liked Dayball. He's big on Dayball, what he did with Josh Allen. He thinks if the Giants can get to like nine and eight with all the injuries they had last year, it's a doable schedule that Dayball is kind of a sleeper to win it too. Okay. All right. You know, it's it's funny when you bring up Dayball. I think this is an interesting point to kind of go in a direction. You know, so did you notice the odds on where Garoppolo is going to end up? I think the Giants were third at plus 500. I think they were third. I think it goes Seattle and maybe Atlanta. And then I think it was, I mean, Matt, Matt, the great Matt Santos probably has it. But, like, the Giants are in there with no cap room, with no real move. And I think that's kind of the the what I hear out of what – is going on in New York. If Dable's going to win coach of the year, you're saying to yourself, either he's going to get a new quarterback or he's going to make Daniel Jones great. Now, I know Dayball really well. I've been with him in New England. Like, Dayball's career, and I said this yesterday, Dayball's career has taken this enormous rise because he coached Josh Allen. He's always been a good coach, but when he was in Cleveland, nobody was calling him a quarterback guru. When he was in Miami, nobody was calling him this. And when he was in Kansas City, nobody was calling him this. Talent is what makes you a great coach, and Brian would be the first to admit that. I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to make that happen. 
I'm looking at it right uh, now uh, just to, just to pull it up, guys. I'm seeing from what you were referencing, Michael. I, I did find the, the odds here at one book on the East Coast: Seahawks plus two seventy five, Texans four to one, Giants five to one, Bucks eight to one, yeah. and then Dolphins Browns ten to one. So yeah, no, I that, that's uh, I had not seen that before, but no, it's a really interesting point I mean, once I, you pointed out. It, it plays into this thing of the uncertainty. They didn't sign Tyrod Taylor because, you know, they'd seen enough of Mike Lennon. Who hasn't seen enough of Mike Lennon? But the reality of it is, is they wanted a, a, a legitimate backup, right? And so to me, there's some nervousness about where are they? I mean, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, which to me, the, the new regime is saying, look, we don't know who this guy is. Now, had this been in the past with if, if John Mara was running the team with his brother and everybody, they, they would have picked up that fifth-year option, no doubt, right? Because mm-hmm. they're all in on Daniel Jones. They like the player, and he's a great, he's a great person to like. But is he a great talent to like? That's the question. I, I think this is going to be a struggle offensively. And, and if you think the Giants can win with their defense, then you know, you're seeing it differently than I see it. Let me just jump in. Garoppolo, if you put him on the Jets with their skill players, their receivers, well, I mean, could they be like a 500 team? Now, they would never do it because Wilson, you know, they drafted so high, they want to see what they've got. What would you think of the Jets if they put, like, if I just ask you right now, what's the Jets record with Jimmy Garoppolo? What would you say? Well, I think it would be better, uh, obviously, uh, but I don't know how good their skill are. I mean, they're young players too, right? I mean, Corey Davis is a nice player. He's not a number one receiver. They paid him like one. So, you know, I, I would have to kind of see it go through. And as the offensive line, I mean, Becton's already hurt. I mean, he's on PUP. Whether they get him, that offensive line wasn't good last year. And then is LaFleur good enough to run the offense? I think that's the mm-hmm. question. But I definitely would think they would be better, Will. I don't know how much they would be better. I mean, look, you sent me that thing yesterday that Santos wrote. I mean, we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo like he's got no skill at all. I think I think the in, in that in that uh, Matt Sando, I got Santos and Sandos Matt Santos, Mike. In Sando, that, that report, yeah, yeah. I mean, in that report, I mean, I think Garoppolo was what seventeenth best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I think that was yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Ar- right around that. You had me thinking for a second. Wait, did Matt Santos secretly become <laughs> an ESPN uh, NFL insider here oh, when, when I didn't realize it overnight? Uh, Will Hill as well with us. Not the Will Hill is where you find him on Twitter. And I understand, Will, you've added a couple teams since we added a, a team that you are, you are very high on for a win total, and you've added a week one play since we, uh, we last spoke. Let's start with the team you're high on. It's, it's in that AFC West, that, very, that perceived to be very difficult division. Which uh, team are you looking at this year on the win total? I like Denver over. I just don't buy this idea that Russell Wilson is shot. I think a few things. If you look back to 2020, he was playing as well as anybody, you know, MVP favorite. He had a bad second half of that year. And then last year he gets hurt. And I think he clearly came back too early, tried to be the hero. You can certainly fault him for that, but he's not that old where he's washed up. Certainly he doesn't run like he used to. And that's an issue. Uh, But to me, I think things just got stale in Seattle with a bad offensive line. Pete Carroll was ultra conservative offensively. He's going to go to Denver. I think he's going to get a new lease on life here. He's got great weapons with Sutton and Judy and Hamler. Uh, To me, this is uh, a situation where Denver's they're not as great on defense as people may think, but they still have Simmons and Sertan, Bradley Chubb. They do have some playmakers. To me, they're minimum 10 wins. So uh, I like the Broncos over. I think Wilson at 16, 17 to one to win MVP is, is worth a shot. I just don't buy this idea that Wilson is shot. I mean, look, I, 
I, I don't buy it completely, but I got to see it. Like last year, you suffered through some losses with Russell Wilson when, you know, Russell Wilson went from a guy we're never going to talk about playing against when he's down three to, a, you know, play against them, you know, and, and watching him lose to overtime to Pittsburgh, or I, I think he was hurt in that game. But the reality of it is, is he, he didn't move well, Will. He gained 183 yards. That's not, that's the lowest of his career. Now, if he's changed that, if he's in better shape and he can move better, then the lack of height, I think, will offset itself and it'll make plays. And usually, yeah, he killed players, us with Colt, Mc, Colt McCoy. That was the game where he just killed us. And, and usually, usually in games, in years where a player has to go to a new team and he hasn't gotten a new contract yet, if he's going to have it, it'll be this year. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. We'll see how we'll see how it works on, on Russell Wilson's end. By the way, a lot of tens out there as well. So if you're looking to, to uh, tail will on that you can find nine and a half just got a little more juice there at minus 140 uh, how about the week one play that you are already in pocket now on uh, on there will which I, i'm amazed it's july 26 here we go will hill he's already firing he's got week one plays for us what do you what do you got i like the over of the rams bills i think this will go up the public likes to bet the over but i think the over is the right side mcveigh with a lot of time to prepare is a good formula for points i think if you look at buffalo without tradavius white the secondary is an issue they don't have a dominant defensive player they're a good defense i don't know if they're a great defense and then third i think teams preparing for buffalo studying for buffalo are going to look at them and say hey we need to be in the 30s we need to be aggressive we can't kick field goals we can't punt forth and short we're going to need to win this game 33 30 34 31 uh, i think if you're going to have to beat the bills you're going to score in the 30 so i look for a shootout here there's some 52s available i like Bills Rams over 52 week one. Wow. Well, I've, I've missed that. I've missed those boards on our screen. Uh, Michael. Well, I mean, just, just the VSIN football board. I haven't seen one of those in a while. That, that's nice to have back. Uh, Will Hill joining us here on the Lombardi line. You've got the uh, New York. When's your next episode there? A uh, New York city cast dropping. Doing one today. I got Aaron shots coming on. Oh, we'll talk beautiful. subway series. I got Jeff Parles coming on. So uh, a lot to do. It's busy. Wait, Football coming. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, check Beeson. that out. Uh, slash podcast. Oh, beautiful. I know because I know you have Yankees, Mets, Braves, Phillies plays you'll have on the, on the podcast today as well. Beeson.com slash subscribe. We have all of Will's plays as well there. Well, always a pleasure having you on, sir. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Absolutely. All right. We'll come back. Hour number two of the Lombardi line. We have Mo Egger joining us to talk all things Cincinnati Bengals in about a half hour. We'll also continue our NFC South breakdowns. Look at the quarterback training camp battle in Carolina on the other side. That's next here on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.